Welcome to The Daily Diagnosis, a healthy lifestyle podcast provided by Ogden Clinic. We're your prescription for health-centered conversation, stories, and advice. Hosted by myself, Parker Shaw, and featuring the talented providers of Ogden Clinic, you'll reach a positive prognosis for your podcast addiction by listening to The Daily Diagnosis. All right, everybody, welcome back to The Daily Diagnosis. This is Parker from the marketing team, and I am joined today by... Sid from the marketing team as well. And... Brad Stevenson, urology. Exactly. Dr. Stevenson is back. We're happy to have him back on the podcast today. Thank you. So, Dr. Stevenson, we got to know you a little bit last time, but we want to continue to get to know just a couple of things that maybe our audience doesn't know about you already as a provider. Okay. So, let's just jump into those questions. Sid, do you want to ask him the first question? Go for it. Okay, my question for you is, what is the best compliment you've ever received? Well, last time we were here, you told me that I have the best hair in Ogden Clinic. That's a pretty good compliment. That's pretty this good. This is true. I'm feeling offended because uh, has you have great hair. Parker's got good hair. Yeah, you, you guys we, look we, similar. I think that we're gonna have to put a poll out there. We'll have yeah. a no, hair just kidding. Off. I actually don't want to compete, but <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a really good compliment. So, yeah, so thanks for that, Sid. You're welcome. All right. So something I want to ask you is a would you rather question. Okay. Okay. So I thought this one was interesting. Would you rather have all traffic all the traffic lights you approach for the rest of your life be green or never have to wait in a line again? Oh, without a doubt, green traffic lights. Really? Oh. Yes. Why so? I don't know. I, I am not a very patient driver. <laughs> so You're that so would patient. help you. It's probably my dad's fault. He used to, I remember when I used to ride with him and he would get stopped at a red light. He'd be like, I'm too old to wait for this light. <laughs> and so that's probably been ingrained in me. But, but you'd rather wait in line for food and yeah. concerts and all without that? Without a doubt. Oh. Yeah. Imagine it, going to Disneyland, though, where you didn't have to wait in a ride ever. That would be nice. I but, but I drive every day. Right. Yeah. You're not in Disneyland every day. Mm-hmm. so And I tend, Priorities. To, I tend to run late. And so then those red lights just, you know, right. get to you a well, little bit and more. It's, so. it's crazy that they say, like, by the end of your life, you've waited, like, I don't know, a year or something. I don't know. At re- yeah. So it'd be nice to be able to not have to say that, right? Oh, yeah. So, Dr. Stevenson, we failed to ask you this last time you were here. Where did you go to school? Like, your undergraduate, did you do it here in this uh, in Utah? Or where did you get everything done? So, I did. I started out at Dixie State College. Nice. Down in St. George. I did two years down there and then transferred up to the University of Utah. Go Utes. Go Utes. Um, where I uh, finished my undergrad. And then I moved out to St. Louis for medical school. St. Louis University. Kind of in the downtown hood st louis very cool it was a good time nice and when did you move back to utah i moved back to utah so we did so medical school is four years and then urology residency is five years so i was nine years doing all that and then moved back to utah found my one and only ogden clinic and that's uh that's where i'm staying so let's back up you went through four years of medical school and then five Five years specialty of specialty training. Wow, that's a lot of school. You are a specialist. That is, that's good. It's good. It's good to know it that is. you're with somebody that's right. got that much experience for sure. Good to know. Yeah. It's a long road. It is. Do you have a favorite memory from school besides studying? <laughs> that's my very favorite. Memory. <laughs> Just reading all those books. special hours studying. But so I'll I'll tell you um, <laughs> a funny story. So you know St. Louis has a lot of colorful colorful characters. Um, and I rode an old Honda scooter to school. So 
Um, and the helmet that I wore actually came from Smith and Edwards. It's just up the street and from here. And it was an old like metal army helmet. And, and then I would wear my white, white coat because, <laughs> so I'm sure I was like a, a sight to Great see. visual. Yeah. But one morning I was driving to, to school. I was stopped at a traffic light, you know, just like feeling good about myself. And I look over and there were probably like half a dozen, like, you know, middle school, like Catholic school girls in their, <laughs> you know, their Catholic school uniforms pointing and laughing at me. So that was a, that was a special day. For they got a kick out you of you. You sound scarred. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when, traumatic. when a bunch of like preteen girls are laughing at you, then you, you know, you've made it. Well, had you not had that helmet on and they saw your hair, yeah, you need, they, they would been, not have been take laughing. Take the helmet off that and do a hair better, flip and yeah. the, the story would have had a different ending. Right. It would have been. So I've grown from that experience. So. Jumping into our topic for the day, we wanted to talk about um, enlarged prostates and BPH is also kind of a, a reference term for that. Yes. So kind of tell us uh, what we would need to know. Like explain enlarged prostates to us like I'm a five-year-old. What is a prostate? Yeah, so that's the first question is, right, what is a prostate? Uh, so first thing is prostate is a male organ, so only men have a prostate. So um, the prostate is a gland that sits at the base of your bladder, and it's, it's, uh, its function is reproductive. So it, it produces fluid that's, uh, that's uh, used in reproduction. So once, um, once you're out of your re- reproductive years, you don't really need your prostate, but it's still in there, right? And the, the issues that come from a prostate is the fact is that you pee through your prostate. So if you think of your prostate like a donut, you're peeing through the donut hole. And so that's where, that's why the prostate causes urinary issues is because as you age and your prostate enlarges, which it does for every man, as long as you're alive, your prostate's growing, eventually that enlargement will encroach on that channel that you pee through and that can cause urinary symptoms. So that's more common in older men, correct? Yes. Okay. So... Is there a difference between like an enlarged prostate or just having a small bladder? Yeah, so I mean that. that is that just like a myth? Well, some people, you know, they they say as as long as I can remember, I've had to pee more than everybody else, right? Like they're like I was always the butt of the joke that that I was always finding the bathroom and running to the bathroom. So it it's true that some people go more often than others. Right. But if that's something that's been a lifelong issue, it's probably not having anything to do with an enlarged prostate. Right. Enlarged prostate is something that, that you develop later in life. Okay. So I guess when at what age do you think that usually manifests itself? So the average age is around 50 years old, where you start noticing a change in the urinary symptoms. And does that mainly like I don't know. I think of, like, for example, not being able to sit through a movie or sleep through the night. Is that kind of where most people notice? Or maybe on a road trip, you're not able to drive very long before having to go to the bathroom. Right. So there are, uh, they're, they're basically, the symptoms are broken into two different categories. So there's what we call obstructive symptoms and irritative symptoms. So the obstructive symptoms are like a slow stream. So what you think of if, if you had a, a a tube and it was blocked off and you're trying to pour some water fluid, right? So it doesn't flow as well. Right. Um, you don't empty your bladder as well because it's harder to get every last drop out. Um, sometimes you have to stand at the 
stand at the toilet for a long time before you can get a stream started. You know, some people will have to turn the sink on to try to like coax themselves to <laughs> pee, you know? And so those are obstructive symptoms. That just comes from the fact that you're peeing through a smaller channel. Now the, the symptoms that you're talking about waking up at night, not being able to sit through a movie, having to rush to the bathroom, those are called irritative symptoms. So those are also caused from an enlarged prostate, but it's kind of a secondary effect of an enlarged prostate in that when your prostate's enlarged and that channel is compressed, your bladder has to work harder to get the, the urine out. And after a long time of it having to push harder and work harder, it becomes strained and irritable. So is there anything that's dangerous about an enlarged prostate or is it just sort of, it happens and it's not yeah, dangerous, so, but it's just kind of so for most, yeah, for most people, this is a quality of life issue. So the, the growth, of the prostate is benign. I mean, that's what the B and BPH stand for is benign. So this is not cancer growing in your prostate. There's no real health issue for your prostate enlarging unless, I mean, in very severe cases, it enlarges so much that you can't pee. Obviously, that's a, a problem. You got to pee uh, to live. So, um, but for most people, it's not that severe. It's getting up a few times at night, like I say, standing for a long time at the toilet, trying to drain, and it becomes a quality of life issue. Right. I'd imagine that'd be kind of annoying. I don't look forward to that as an adult man, but it happens. It does. So at what point should an older gentleman contact you for these issues? So like, like we talked about, this is a quality of life issue. And so when it becomes something that bothers you that's when most men come in to see me so when it bothers their wife enough they'll yeah. come see <laughs> yeah and then what are some of the treatment options so the the whole goal of treatment is to open up that channel through the prostate right that's what caused the problem is the channel the prostate enlarged the channel got tight um, and so that can either be therapy with medication to open up the prostate or there are procedures to shrink down the prostate so Typically, we start with a medication. The most common one is called Flomax. Um, you can tell by it was named because it wants you to think of a maximum, <laughs> maximum flow. flow. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, the other one is Rapaflow. So they all kind of have this this kind of, they, they make you envision like nice flowing water, whatever. But yeah, um, like... but so that, that's, that's the typical starting treatment is you start a medication that you take every day. It relaxes the prostate. And for a lot of men, that's enough to, to make your, your symptoms livable. But your prostate grows throughout your life and it can outgrow the medication or it may be too big that the medication just doesn't quite cut it. And then you have to think of some sort of uh, procedure or surgery to open up that channel. And really there's two good ways to go about that. Uh, there's, there's a procedure that's been around forever, for decades, um, called a transurethral resection of the prostate, which is done under anesthesia, and it's basically like coring out an apple. Quite invasive. Yeah, it's a, I mean, not as invasive as, uh, as some procedures. I mean, it's still done endoscopically. You don't have any incisions, but you do go in with a, a, a camera that goes in like putting a catheter in where you pee. You go into the, the channel through the prostate, and you kind of, you can either kind of trim away at the prostate with a, a little cautery loop that cuts the prostate. You can use a laser to vaporize it, but it is, it is under anesthesia, and there's a recovery for it. Um, there's a new procedure now that's called Resume. Uh, again, kind of this resume your life, resume your flow, kind of can you 
all those good feelings, right? <laughs> um, but it is done in the office instead of under anesthesia. Uh, so it's a little less invasive, a little less impactful, um, and it uses steam to shrink the prostate. Oh, interesting. Is there yeah. any calming method you use for the patient? You say no anesthesia. Right. So that's one of the benefits is you don't go undergo general anesthesia, but you, you obviously don't want to be like totally awake and alert during a procedure that could be potentially uncomfortable like so that. So mild sedative. Yeah. So we give you a sedative and we use local numbing. A lot of people will sleep through the procedure. Um, it's pretty tolerable, and it's only about a 10-minute procedure. And walk right out and go home. Yep, go what home the same day. What is the recovery time on that? So that's that's typically that's typically a uh, you're not really laid up in pain or anything like that. There's no real restrictions afterwards because there's no incisions or anything really to heal up from. What the recovery is is first of all you you do have to have a catheter after that procedure just because initially your prostate will swell up and if it swells up too much you can't pee at all and oh, so right. those first few days we leave a catheter in there to let that initial swelling go down and then when you get the catheter out you can pee like normal you aren't better immediately it's not like flicking a, a light switch uh, typically there's a period where your prostate's inflamed and so you know it's recovering from from the procedure that we did and so you have a little more frequency where you're going to the bathroom more often your streams may be a little bit slower until some of that swelling goes down and that's usually a two to three week process where that slowly gets better and before you start seeing the positive uh, effects of that but much less invasive from the surgery yes good yeah recovery recovery is a bit easier and yeah less invasive than going under anesthesia and actually surgically removing the tissue do you find a lot of patients are receiving resume yeah, I mean, that's one of the nice things about an option like this, a, a less invasive option, is, you know, before when all when your only option other than medication was surgery, you'd kind of limp along on the medications, even though they weren't working that well. You'd be like, well, I don't want to undergo surgery, so I'm just going to kind of deal with these symptoms that are poorly controlled until I absolutely have to undergo surgery. Now you have something like this that's much less... Uh, much less traumatic, much less invasive on the patient. So when you get to the point when the medications aren't working, you can transition to this and get you doing a lot better sooner than you may have wanted to if it was a great if surgery was the only option. Yeah, I think this is really good to inform. Hopefully our audience that's listening knows a little bit more now about Resume. And I think this has been some really good information for those people that do deal with the BPH and prostate enlargement. Um, is there anything else you want to add about enlarged prostates? Well, I think it's just one of those things to be aware of. You know, a lot of things that I hear with my older patients, you know, they come in with various complaints and they'll say, well, that's just part of getting older, which, you know, enlarged prostate is part of getting older, but it doesn't mean that you have to live with it. So there are good options for it. And if, if you're bothered by your urinary symptoms, then we can get them better. Good. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Stevenson, for being on the podcast today and for uh, informing us a little bit more about um, enlarged prostates and, and your life as well. Um, and for all of our listeners that are out there, thanks for tuning in today to listen to The, the Daily, Daily Diagnosis. Diagnosis. Thanks for tuning in to The Daily Diagnosis today. For more information about Dr. Bradford Stevenson or any of the other urologists or providers that we have at Ogden Clinic, visit us at ogdenclinic.com. 
We really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to listen to our podcast. If you did like what you hear today, make sure you like and subscribe or leave us a review if you're in Apple Podcasts or share your uh, share our podcast on your social media pages. We really appreciate any feedback that you have for us. Um, we post episodes weekly and can't wait to share more with you. Have a great week.